Hello and welcome back to the Let's Watch Podcast. I'm your host, James, with my co-host, Carolyn. Hello. And, you know, she just went to Michael's today, so she's already riding high on... Highlight of my pandemic. Life. <laughs> Highlight of your past 20 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are going to continue our 1990 bracket with four movies. Princess Mononoke and Following. Versus, uh, and the other two are uh, Girl Interrupted. And the wind will carry us. And I would just like to congratulate myself on the previous podcast when we did Girl Interrupted. And I didn't just interrupt you all the time as a joke. You know, I was going to say Girl Interrupted (laughs) could be a biography of any female I've ever met. Well, I don't. I don't. What do you mean? I don't get the reference. You know what? Wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) I hate you. So already you can tell we're recording on a different day. So I'm ready to see if this like Friday night energy can carry us in a different direction than our like lazy Sunday chill kind of vibes. This is a whole different kind of loopy is that Mm -hmm. this is Friday after work and it's like, whoa, it's the weekend. I'm not doing anything because it's what's happening. But it's like different than I just woke up and now I'm talking. Yeah. Normally I have a coffee in my hand today. I have a cocktail. Oh, I um, am not a degenerate. So I just need water. <laughs> I have I I am I'm a straight edge. I don't do any illegal substances. But we're talking about art. Didn't you know all the best artists were severe alcoholics? What are you talking? What is that? Are you saying something about he- Hayao Miyazaki? <laughs> or are we talking about um, Christopher Nolan or um, Winona Ryder? Which one are you referencing here? Well, I don't know what Renona Ryder did in her youth. I'm not going to speak for her. I think she had fun. I think she did. (laughs) (laughs) She was was young, famous, and rich. I hope she had fun. And those gigantic doe eyes play innocent everywhere, you know? I mean, Angelina as well. Like, so. Yeah, she's a freak. I mean, she does have, she did carry her own blood around her neck. Or was it her, like, husband's blood or some weird stuff like like that? It was like her stepbrother's blood. Who she Ew. was like, da- it was weird. It was the Billy, Billy, Bob, Billy Joe. Wait, she dated her brother? I don't know, man. No, I don't think so. No, they didn't date, but they had a very close relationship. And they like kissed on a red carpet once. But like no one knows if it was like a we bone secretly kiss or like a um, sibling. Have kiss. you seen said kiss? Uh, I saw a picture of it. This is pre-video, man. Was their was tongue? Billy Bob Thornton? No. Billy Bob is not her brother. Is it Billy? But they Joel? were married. They were married. Billy oh, yes, Joel. No. <laughs> um. Okay. You talk about something. I'm gonna find out whose blood she carried. <laughs> okay. Let's start with the easy, easy dub for Princess Mononoke. Um. Against the following. Uh. I will be quick on this one because honestly, I picked Princess Mononoke as my one seed. So I love the movie. But I think Following is a good small film that is more of like an example of what you can do with an extremely small budget if you are a talented filmmaker and have a good script. And it is a great, like, I think The Following is is more of like a good showpiece for like the talent of Christopher Nolan and how even in his beginning films, he was doing Christopher Nolan-y things of like messing with time and messing with like what the audience knows and revealing like kind of like he's kind of like a little Shyamalan-y in, in a way, mm-hmm. but that's really what I think the following is, is that is like an exceptional. And this is 
I don't mean this as a negative, but it's like an exceptional student film. Uh, but it's against maybe Hayao Miyazaki's best movie. And I just don't think they compare, honestly. Honestly, I um, already forgot that we watched Following. I forgot about this movie <laughs> while I was watching the movie. It was like my mo- my own memento. You know what I mean? Yes. But that said, by the end of it, I remembered what I enjoyed about it. And it had all these crazy twists and turns. And it was very film noir. Like if I watched this in film class and was told that it was made in the 40s, I would be like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. And I <laughs> did watch a lot of those in film class. And like the thing is, when there's classes like, you know, the golden age of Hollywood and stuff like that, American cinema history, yada, yada. The weeks that the film wasn't that bad were good weeks. Yeah, this would be like a perfect movie you could write like a paper on in film class. Yeah. Because there's lots you can critique and also praise and be like, it's simple and complex enough that there is lots to read into in it. But it's simple enough that you you can read into a lot of different ways. So I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I think more than you did, but it's nowhere near Princess Mononoke at all. Uh, did you ever find out the Angelina news? You know what? I found the results of Angelina and the kiss, and it broke and it... my whole computer. <laughs> um, I know the update's important to you. So the update is the blood was Billy Bob, and it was weird. Ooh. And she did yes. kiss her brother on a red carpet, mm. and it was also weird. Not stepbrother, full brother. and also, Full brother? Yep, and it was around this time. We are um, back in the era of girl interrupted and she won an award and she was so excited and she said ah i don't know how people don't pass up pass out up here i'm in shock and i'm so in love with my brother right now he just held me and said he loved me and i know he's so happy for me and um thank you for that that isn't weird but they kissed so it's weird yes exactly the statement is fine the statement with the kiss you are doing it (laughs) i just thought it was like Porny weird, not like actually weird. Well, and they were both dressed like these weird, well, honestly, like people who wear blood around their necks. That's why I got the situations confused. But they're dressed as like these goth type people. There was a quote that says like, (laughs) after the kiss, um, someone said, it was a moment that people hadn't seen at the Oscars, a blatantly sexual moment. Um, (laughs) Here are these two beautiful people who literally look completely different than anyone in the sea of glam and beauty. They were glam and beauty in a completely dark, very sexual way. And like, Uh, good Lord, they look like vampires. They do. Wasn't that kind of the vibe back then, though? Wasn't that like the thing? Also, I think they have kissed again on the red carpet. It's fucking weird. Like, I think recently or like multiple times. I don't like this. really loved that moment. And that's what will always matter. Uh, What? This is so weird. Okay, now I now I'm in a rabbit hole, and we have to get back to what we're talking about. But of like other uh, celebrities kissing their siblings on the lips as well, and <laughs> now I'm just I'm like, is this just a rich person thing that I don't understand? I'm sorry, I am looking at the photo right now. I would not define this as kissing your sibling on the lips. This looks like they are passionate. It is lo- uh, very mouthy. Incredibly so. It's very uncomfortable. I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. But anyway, uh, um, Princess Mononoke is going through over the following. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we're here, yes. Because that's just obviously what's going to happen there. Uh, now I think the this one I think is going to be really difficult. In uh, Girl Interrupted, 
against the wind will carry us. And I mean, is it? I, we just found out that Angie kissed her bro. I mean, if you want to get rid of Girl Interrupted, I'm all for it. <laughs> so you're right. This one is this one is complicated. Um, Girl Interrupted, I watched originally a very long time ago. And so it's it's got, you know me, with the nostalgia factor, it is always a problem. And it always makes it hard to see past. Um, <laughs> and I've also read this book, too. And I just think the story is really interesting. And for the time, a film that was all women um, and taking the risk on new women, I thought that was very, very cool. And honestly, Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder are so good in this film. Not the only ones. That's Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean they the also reviews... have what Brittany Murphy and oh, true, Clea Duvall. Yeah. And I just forgot her name, but Queen she's Latifah? in it. Queen Latifah. They also have, they also have uh, oh, no, I'm thinking of Sarah Pauly. Sarah Pauly? Isn't she in this? Didn't we? T- isn't she? Isn't she like what in a bit part? Or am I being crazy again? I don't remember. She's been in so many ninety nine movies. I know. Um, but it is it is a women led cast. Like the men are very much side characters. They're like the aides at the hospital. It's Elizabeth and then there's Moss. Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they kind of look the same. Elizabeth uh, Moss playing Polly. So I see where you got. Wow. That. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Elizabeth Moss is an incredible actor. Uh, but yeah, the men are like the, either the aides at the hospital or it's a Leto appearance. Well, and like, so the reviews were really mixed on this. And it was a little bit um, scrutinized because it kind of Hollywoodized the thing. And it Hollywoodized the real event, too. And um, even the author was not terribly happy with the results. So I, I looked up some reviews about it. Someone said um, it's a muddled production that misses the jarring tone of the autobiographical book, which is kind of true. Um, Someone else said that uh, he hated the film, but he did concede that Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie helped the film, quote, stay as honest as it manages to sporadically be. Both women have connected (laughs) strongly to their parts and they ensure their characters reality, even if the dramas they're involved in don't always live up to that standard. Yeah, I, I I do have like minor uh things I would pick at with this movie. Uh I do think it is a little too long. Mm-hmm. Uh it kind of goes on too long. Although I do think that is mitigated because the performances are so good and mm-hmm. I want to see them. I want to see the performances as much as I can. Uh I do think there are issues with the Whoopi Goldberg character mm-hmm. specifically is that it is kind of like a person of color makes the white person get better. Um which is a trope that has been used a lot. I also read something not... that pointed out that it's like she's in it to the degree that you could call it like a cameo and not much else. Yes. And it is just a it's a common trope that has happened in lots and lots of movies, not this one alone, but it is something along the lines of that a person of color helps the white person become better. Um and she kind of does that, like she kind of does that in this movie a little bit. She's more of like the person who gives her like the big talks, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still very much like she's not the reason why Winona Ryder um, or Susanna Susanna becomes gets better mm-hmm. or grows up a little bit. But it is still a thing, uh, and that's kind of where those are like my complaints about the movie other otherwise that i think i i i really really uh, enjoy this film i do i know we talked about it last time we did one of these but i i still don't really get the angelina performance personally mm. is that 
she won the Oscar for this, and she's like obviously acting very well. But it, it just to me, it is just it always comes across as like one note, mm-hmm. um, and that I don't find her performance to be the performance of this movie. I always found it weird that she was the one that like this is the movie that it's kind of that's the one that's kind of come out of this movie. When I really feel like Winona's performance is so much better and deeper. I think because people knew Winona at the time, like. She was the face of the movie. She was the draw for the movie because she had been in so many things. Like Winona's prime was this time. And I think yeah. everyone saw it for a Winona performance and then were surprised by the like rest of the powerhouse casts kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And Angelina does get to be like the loudest actor. She gets like the most, she gets like the big scenes of like really acting, like capital A acting. Yeah, which is what wins the awards. And she's really good in there. Like, I don't want to disparage her performance. I think she's really good. I just don't find there's much, like, extra depth to that character. I think what I'm hearing you say is that she won Best Supporting at a lot of things, including the Oscars and the Teen Choice Awards. (laughs) Kissing her brother. But at the Teen Choice Awards, she was also nominated for Best Hissy Fit of the Year. And I'm hearing you agree with that. I do think so. I do do think, like, (laughs) it is, right? Like, I don't... I. And I love that that's an award too. I do. Yeah, it is. Why don't the Oscars do that? Uh, it's true. But it's but instead about a performance they do in a movie about actors on the red carpet or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I I I I I sounds like I'm being negative about that. But I I don't mean to. It's just it's more of that I don't really under. I don't understand why more praise isn't being heaped on like the other performances in this movie because I do really feel like this movie and this could just be my own perception of it. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like this movie has kind of been forgotten other than Angelina's performance. Yeah. And I don't think that's f- fair. It did it did okay at the box office. I think it made its money back. Um, so I don't think it was like a success. But do you... Okay. Do you think this movie came out too early? Mm-hmm. Do you think this movie would have been better if it came out... Not better quality, but received better and done better in the at the box office and like become more of like a cultural thing if it came out like five years later i think if it went to the box offices no because no one would have winona wouldn't have been a draw anymore i think Mm -hmm. if it hit the film festival world probably um but i don't think that the film festival world was like loving this kind of thing at the time maybe they were um i mean probably but I mean, the medium is still male-dominated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I can definitely see this being like an indie darling that co- comes out of a film festival that everyone's like, oh, did you see that thing? Wow. But I mean, I don't know. It it was nominated for Academy Awards, so clearly people knew it existed. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, I don't know. It, it Again, it could be my perception. I could be wrong about it, but that's kind of how I... It's like, I didn't really know much about Girl Interrupted when we started this bracket. I just knew it was like Angelina won an Oscar for it movie. Mm-hmm. And that's all I really heard about it, where I'd like the other ones I hadn't seen, I, I knew a little bit more about. Uh, and I think partly is that because Winona is not as big of a star now as she was 20 years ago. She's a star of our parents' era. And that's actually why I know the movie, because my parents were like, oh, girl interrupted. Like, this was back in the day when we were like poking around video stores and stuff like that, or like renting things from the red boxes. Remember those in the grocery stores? Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, Girl Interrupted, you got to see that one. Like, because they remembered it fondly from seeing it when it came out. So this was something that like our parents' age was excited to see when it came out in 99. It's uh, because Winona was their star, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, true. It's just that like Winona was never like a movie star when by the time I started paying attention to like movies. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it wasn't longer, much longer after this because it just kind of that moment was brief or I don't know, it just moved on or it, I was just oblivious to it. But I, I also it's like everybody else in this movie, as we've said before, is like very, very good. Like Cleo Duvall and Brittany Murphy and Elizabeth Moss are all very good in this film. You know what's interesting, though? I don't know how many of them would have been in it if it came out five years later because all of those people are stars now, big stars now, um, big indie darlings now. And if it came out later, they might not have even been in the movie. They might not have taken the movie or we might not know them as stars now because their careers would have started later and gone in a different direction. Yeah, and they aged out of the role too. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they or and yeah, they might not have wanted to do it, or they might have been like, "I'm too big for this small part now." And like Angelina was definitely destined to become a massive movie star, regardless mm-hmm. of this movie happened or not. Well, yeah, so you saw the bone collector. Years, yeah, we saw the boner collector. <laughs> uh, yeah, with with it, it's just this. If five years later this movie, she'd no way she'd do it because she'd be huge. Yeah, and, be and below you know her. what? I think this film relies on these people not being stars. Like, I think the one thing that I, the one issue that I had with Monona's performance, I thought her performance was awesome, but I know her and I've seen her in things and she plays the same kind of doe-eyed, innocent girl. She does. Whereas all of these other people, and I think that's why people talked about Angelina because like from Winona, they saw nothing new. Everyone knew she was good, but she's still playing Winona. Whereas every single other person in the cast, you don't know them. You have no impressions of what they should be. You're right. Uh, it is very, it is like a Winona performance. Mm-hmm. Um, this, she reminds me of another actor that I enjoy, um, Jason Siegel, where you can kind of, every time they're in a role, even though they're different characters and it, maybe it's a drama or maybe it's a comedy or maybe it's something else, mm-hmm. they do the same like physical manner. Like they have the same physical things in everything they do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, it kind of, it like takes you out briefly because you never, see the character past the actor mm-hmm. yep and Winona's great but she does generally play similar things all the time you know who she reminds me a lot of yourself no that uh, that lady from stranger things i hate you <laughs> i god damn it what 11 yep 11 okay or um uh uh, uh, what's another character in Stranger Things? That boy who got sucked into the uh, the other world and missed the whole first season. Oh yeah, the one who they the yeah okay that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what what about what isn't there like the the guy Chief Hopper David Harbor isn't he in Stranger Things? Oh yep yep Hopper. Okay, well I mean if we're talking about an entire different thing, do you have anything else you want to say about the interrupted lady? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, now, I will say is that I, I, before this started, had and I assume you're the same, that never heard of the wind will carry us. I didn't even know what it was about. Well, okay. Here's the thing. We've watched this movie. When I went to go watch it again, I was like, I forget this movie. And I honestly thought it was that one about the kid who was at the um, the orphanage for blind folks or something. It was not that movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not forget this movie. This is one of the movies that has like stuck with me. Literally, 
I, in my notes for watching this movie, I wrote down, oh, I liked this one because I remembered it all of a sudden. <laughs> and like, honestly, okay, so this film won the um, Golden Lion at Venice. Yes. Um, and, oh, I guess for those who don't know what we're talking about, like me, um, this is the one where a couple of guys pretend they're engineers, but they're actually journalists. And they're basically going to this Kurdish village uh, to check out and film the morning rituals of this really old lady who's going to die but she just won't die um and the journalists eventually have to like chill out and you know well wh- we down. only ever see one journalist yeah it's- he's got like a camera dude or two at the beginning i think because they keep harassing and we never him to, see like, them go home yeah yeah um, we never we never see them but like i loved this movie um mm-hmm. it's exactly what i want in international cinema um <laughs> like because this is the type of movie that i don't think would get made here right like the pace right. of it the the interesting humor of it and like the pacing and editing throughout the film really changed and reflected like the mindset of the journalist yeah yeah i mean it's very much about leaving I mean, we like modern life and going to a place that is a little more isolated and moves at not the frenetic pace of the modern world and allowing you to like take a breath and relax and to actually reset yourself from society. Like it's fine. Like I think we all, or at least I do definitely suffer from like not being in the loop about what is going on in the world at all times Mm -hmm. because that is a social media is designed to do that to you it wants you to spend as much time on it as possible and b just with like everything now it's like i always have my phone in my pocket right so i'm always like very close to being able to be like i can be doing something else instead of actually what this movie says is like it's important to like go away sometimes and to like and I can be doing something else very quickly becomes I should be doing something else, right? Exactly. And this movie is very much being like, it doesn't have to be that way, right? Like, there are plenty of people who live on this planet who don't live like that. And mm-hmm. they're totally fine. And it's how humans lived for the majority of human existence. Mm-hmm. And is it better? That's for you to decide. Like the movie also doesn't make a decision. It doesn't mm-hmm. tell you what is better. I think it is very much being like, it is important to see different cultures and be patient and take your time. And if something isn't happening right away, you don't have to force it. You can just be, you can just be like, take your time. But I, yeah, I mean, I love this film. It's every time I watch it, like the two times I've watched it, it's just blown me away. I just think it is so, like you said, it's like, this is like the perfect film I would love to see at a film festival. 100%. Like, I, this is the one that going into it, no one has heard of it. No one knows it. And you are free on a Tuesday afternoon. Somehow you got let off work early and you watch it and you come out and go, wow, I need to talk to someone about this. And no one's seen it. So then you go around being like, have you heard of this movie? And then you keep telling them and you keep telling them to look out for it and then they never find it again. But this is that exact type of movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. And I just, I just find it very profound. And... Um, very moving because it also like other than that like there's the whole subplot with him and the young boy he meets at the beginning and like Mm -hmm. helping him and each other and then trying to like he is kind of just using the the kid 
to get like what he like it's essentially as a messenger or as like a translator mm-hmm. as well in some ways but also it's like he becomes more accustomed to like the village lifestyle he does they do build a, a, a relationship and then i i do the movie i don't know if you felt this but at the end of the film the uh what it like the initial thing is like oh the the old lady is going to get better right mm-hmm. but then they have to like they he he races with i can't remember who it's been a minute but uh they go and get medication for her essentially right but then the old lady does pass away but they don't at least to me it felt like did he do something that mm-hmm. could cause that because he is the doctor tells him something about the medication and then he tells them and i was like did he give them the wrong information Mm-hmm. about that like i don't know if it, that could just be me reading into it or does like the movie actually does present that and it doesn't answer it mm-hmm. um which i appreciate i yeah i don't know i i think this movie is just incredible um i find what's really cool and really successful about this is the beginning is really slow and me is. as a viewer i felt like the guy i was like okay come on something happened i'm raring to go here just as the journalist was and then as he starts to loosen up, so do you, you know? Exactly. Yeah, because as his like body language changes throughout the film, mm-hmm. he naturally he just starts walking like a more relaxed person. And he takes longer to get places. Mm-hmm. Like he starts walking slower instead of at the beginning, he's kinda like I mean, they're trying to get there. And but like even when he's walking around the town, he's like, Oh, we, he's like, I'm going to a place, I'm going to a place, I'm going to a place. And then mm-hmm. later in the film, he's like, I'm just going around, you know, just mm-hmm. seeing what there is to do. Or like yeah. what is I read, a, I read a review by Jonathan Rosenbaum, and he said, this ambiguous comic masterpiece um, should be Abbas Kirastami, perhaps, um, their greatest <laughs> film to date. It's undoubtedly his richest and most challenging. You have to become friends with this movie before it opens up, but then its bounty is endless. And I agree, because at the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, come on. And then, you know what? I became, as this reviewer says, friends with the movie, and then I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Do you think that is partly... A because we're we cannot watch this in a theater, we have to watch it on our computers. Uh, I think also because we go in blind, right? And like we have, you're right. We watch it on our computers. We have the constant distractions. Like I have a roommate loitering around, listening to it in headphones, not on surround (laughs) sound speakers. Like maybe I'm watching it in the middle of the daytime. Maybe my landlord calls. Like maybe my phone's out. Ninety percent of the time, my phone is out. Like yeah, and we're like one click away from another tab. It reminds me of Roma in the sense mm-hmm. that people loved Roma. Other people said Roma was overrated. I saw Roma in a theater that was silent, full of people appreciating film. And I was like, wow, this really sucked me in. I acknowledge that if I watched it not in a theater, I probably would have lost attention. And I was talking to my parents who watched it. And they were like, eh, it was fine. And I was like, where did you watch it? And they were like, oh, we watched it. Okay, so my parents have a living room, but they also have... Congratulations. I know. But they also have like... The kitchen is open into like kind of a... I don't know what you would call it. Like the dining room, family room, whatever. So basically in the kitchen, there's like a dining table and they have a couple lazy boys that are like diagonal to the TV that they can kind of pull out from the wall. So they were watching it in their lazy boys in the kitchen, essentially. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they would make comments to each other and they would turn yeah, to each other them. and they're old. So they had the lights on. Sorry, guys, you're not old. But um, but like so no, it was just are. a very different environment. And I was like, I watched it in a theater. I can't turn to someone. And my mom was like, you know what? Now that you mention it, like 
yeah, we probably did make comments or we probably did pause it and go get another snack or, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever. Like that kind of movie and this kind of movie, the way to enjoy it, you have to get fully sucked in because if you don't, then you're just like skimming on the surface of a very slow movie mm-hmm. and and that's not the way to watch it. I'm really glad you brought Roma up because I do think they are very much movies of the same kind is that and now I did not have the opportunity to see Roma in a theater but with this movie and with Roma is that even though I had the ability to be distracted and look away at all times and certainly like you I also struggled at the beginning of this film and with Roma of being like okay like are we gonna get going somewhere like what are we doing here right and then all of a sudden, at least I, for me and you as well, is that, or at least with the wind will carry us, um, is that you like fall into the film and then something around you breaks your concentration and you're like, oh my God, it's been like an hour and 20 minutes and mm-hmm. it's felt like nothing. I've just been in this place with this movie for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. And those are experiences I really value when mm-hmm. I watch movies because if a movie is able to command my whole attention while I'm on my computer and I have my phone near me and I have my like other easy ability to like just be distracted and it it does I don't get distracted I just think that is like a sign of an incredible film is that I'm able to and like when you really explain what happens in the moon will carry us like it's nothing really no nothing nothing happens happens. (laughs) but it is like it's this it's this powerful piece of filmmaking that is like I I can't like imagine trying to pitch this movie to somebody and they're gonna be like so what what like what happens and he'd be like you just kind of have to see this okay you just (laughs) gotta you gotta sit here in a dark room and watch this film it's literally a guy goes to watch an old woman die she doesn't (laughs) at the end like (laughs) he gets frustrated about her not dying yep there was a there was another quote that i saw that said it's part of the movie's formal brilliance that suddenly during its final 10 minutes too much seems to be happening the wind will carry us is a film about nothing and everything life death the quality of light on dusty hills and it's true because the final 10 minutes, you're like, ah, it's frantic. But like to make you think that that is frantic, the rest of the movie is extremely chill. It is. It is. I I mean, I am personally leaning towards The Wind Will Carry Us over Girl Interrupted, although I do think Girl Interrupted is also a very, very good film. I also picked The Wind Will Carry Us um, when I was first looking at this bracket before we watched before we rewatched the movies. When I forgot what The Wind Will Carry Us was, I was like, but I like Girl Interrupted. Things will have a hard time beating that. <laughs> that was what I thought going into it. And then I remembered what this movie was. And I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I mean, we, we just got to stay on brand and always take the foreign film over the English language film. It's true. I mean, that's kind of what we pick when we're here. Now, <sighs> this one's really hard for me personally. Mm-hmm. Is Princess Mononoke and the Wind Will Carry Us. Mm-hmm. Now, Princess Mononoke is one of my favorite films ever made Mm -hmm. non like full stop now i don't know if it is like i cannot separate it from that and being able to be actually is it a better film than the wind will carry us i don't even if it is i or isn't i don't think there's much difference between them in quality Mm -hmm. i just adore um princess mononoke and like i have this huge nostalgic value attached to it I'm going to let you go because I don't know where I'm at. I think that's just what it is for me, right? It's like, oh, so I've seen Princess Mononoke like 12 times. So 
I hadn't seen either prior to not this podcast, but the previous one. And I loved both of them. I thought they were both really, really good. I think it's hard because The Wind Will Carry Us is a small, I think it's Iranian film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like very indie, whereas Princess Mononoke, it has a studio backing kind of thing. Um, kind, kind of. Yeah, sort of. A self-made studio, I guess. I think. I mean, it, it was, wasn't it? It was released over here by Disney. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think in terms of, and this is honestly what a lot of these votes have come down to for us, in terms of lasting impacts, because you're right, the quality of these two movies is equal. The, wow, you gave me something new is equal, because Princess Mononoke, for me, that was the um, the animation style, and The Wind Will Carry Us, that was the just general storytelling style. Um, they're very equal in my brain. But yeah. in terms of the lasting effects, I mean, Princess Mononoke has become like the beginning of an empire. It is the one of the, it's one of the three Studio Ghibli films that are like, these are the three. If you're going to show people who have never seen one of those movies before, it's one of those three. And the right? thing it's is, mo- with things like mm, anime, would we call it anime? <laughs> yeah, just a correction. It wasn't uh, released, distributed by Disney in North America. It was distributed by Miramax in North America, which at the time was a massive studio. Was huge, yeah. So in terms of anime, I would say a lot of people have and have always had um, certain ideas of what that is. But I would say Princess Mononoke is the one that kind of maybe is the film to change people's minds. Um, at least in North have America. A impression. Yes, that's what I mean. Um, it, yeah, it got to a point where it's like... Uh, sorry to cut you off and jump in here, but there were certainly films that are like more conventionally what you think. Like when I say anime, what do you think of? Pokemon. Okay. Well, maybe you're a bad example. Um, yeah. But like uh, Akira and uh, Ghost in the Shell were like, and I know it's because as a young man, these are like the animes you first see because they're like cool, weird shit happens in these movies, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but like those two are like, my perception of anime when I was starting was those two movies of like these heady sci-fi mm-hmm. robotic, like very, very future driven and mm-hmm. kind of like influencing modern action movies like the matrix and stuff. But Mononoke is not that at all. And I, I do think people, and I know you don't mean it this way, but I do think people are saying something like when people in North America describe something as anime, I do think that means it's a negative depending the thing is i think in north america people either describe it as anime as a negative or as a positive and if they're describing it as a positive they might be running down the hall like totoro and that's a negative naruto? for everyone else no totoro does not run okay naruto who is it <laughs> someone runs Na- naruto is the one who runs with his arms behind him this shows that's I the know. naruto run totoro is a big lovable animal <laughs> who yes, doesn't do move actually know what totoro is but yes like I think I think those are the two sides of the coin, and I think Princess Mononoke, both sides of the coin would like it, and people who just like films would like it, people who like animation and children would like it, yes. um, and I think honestly it's something that put anime as a legitimate art form on the map in North America, mm-hmm. and continues to do so now. Like this movie came out in '99. And I don't, I haven't seen a lot of anime. And because I know the you name. You refuse of it. to embrace your weebiness. <laughs> it's true. Join us. Be a weeb. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right about that. Is that like 
Totoro came out, I think, in... I only know, like, when I saw it the first, but it, it, Totoro came out before Mononoke. But both of those took years after they were made in Japan to come over here. That's why Mononoke is in this bracket, is because it didn't get into to North America until 1999. Mm-hmm. But it was released, actually, in Japan in 1997. Yeah. And they just weren't going to release the movie here because they did not assume there was a market for it, right? Especially of, because it was, at that time, and all animation were just considered cartoons. And since this is a movie dealing with adult themes and is incredibly violent, mm-hmm. we're not going to release it here because it's not for kids. Yep. And cartoons and are for kids. Cartoons are for kids. Like the like the Disneyfication of cartoons. And then this, they eventually, they started coming over here. But like this one came over here and then Spirited Away came out in 2001. And that was the like Ghibli movie that almost everybody's seen. That's like the one and it's incredible. And it won tons of awards and really launched that studio and Miyazaki into like the stratosphere of like a tour. Mm-hmm. And like whatever this person makes, whatever this studio makes, people are going to watch it and they have this like loyal, devoted fan base. But it it's like, Mononoke is the film that people saw before that and it was the movie that came out here and kind of like paved was at least the one before the breakthrough so it obviously paved the ground and it is still an influential movie to this day whereas although I I mean I I feel like we're splitting hairs here is like that's what's going to separate them here but it's like what I do is I look at that separate them (laughs) you're right but you're right I look at that and then I look at like does how does this movie relate to like modern life and mm-hmm. both Princess Mononoke and The Wind Will Carry Us are still saying stuff that are important and prescient right now, right? Like The Wind Will Carry Us, we've already talked about like modern technology and that sort of stuff. But Mononoke is about freaking climate change. So, yeah. <laughs> and like human caused climate change and like what responsibility do individuals have in that sense? And like consequences of good actions that you yourself deem good are not necessarily good why do you think this movie came out uh 20 years ago and we still not fixed climate change hmm well have you heard of this tiny industry called the fossil fuel industry i know uh several people slash your entire province who work there (laughs) <laughs> my province why are you why why are you describing why is it a possessive word before that i've disowned the province i i only claim this land of lakes and doug ford you can have doug okay i know you <laughs> you you are a big fan of men who have bellies that are obscenely large and mm-hmm. have weird hair <laughs> Does he have i've hair? seen i've seen your like top 10 most crushes and it's like obviously Kristen stewart number one and then it's doug ford boris johnson yep <laughs> Gross Men in Power and Kristen Stewart. Yes. Well, which movie? No. Kristen Stewart could only possibly be in one of these movies, so I won't ask you that question. <laughs> because uh, it would be weird if she was in The Wind Will Carry Us. I think it would be like, excuse me? This is not the movie for you, Kristen. Uh, but if she was it. like a dubbed, you, of course you would. But if she was dubbed into Princess Mononoke, it would be sick. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I assume everybody knows what I'm going to pick, but it's like, it is really difficult for me because I do legitimately love the wonderful carriers and it's a movie I think people should see. And I, I just wish I had the opportunity to watch it in a theater because I think that would be way more impactful. And like we all know that you just fall into movies way faster when you're in a dark room with in a theater and you can't 
be distracted like it's forcing your attention somewhere mm-hmm. but yeah i i don't have an answer for your climate change question i guess is what i'm ending up with i think that is a good enough reason to push princess mononoke through um so <laughs> that we continue to get people to watch it and continue to not solve the problem i mean it's it's a tremendous film and i love it dearly obviously because i picked it one and i just think it's it's one of those movies that and i'm sure you have them as well that i just don't understand how people dislike it when they watch it mm-hmm. it's like what you don't like princess mononoke are you okay is something wrong like did, were was it like a be- like did, was somebody being rude when you were watching it <laughs> like did somebody just keep calling you like what happened i it just is long though it's over two hours i i personally don't feel the length but it is long um i know that was a thing obviously no surprise with miramax and the piece of shit who ran that wanted to cut stuff from the movie to make it more palatable to western audiences i think they wanted to cut it down to 90 minutes yeah that's that'd do it that's an yeah an out because you know make it more palatable for kids because only children watch it's not a kid's movie (laughs) it's not even it's like even though the main character is what maybe a kid like a late teenager we don't really ever get Ashitaka's age, but I assume he's like 18. Something like that. Yeah, even though it's, you know, dealing with young people, it's not. Movie's not about that. It's a. Uh... Have you seen other uh, Ghibli films? No. Um, you haven't? What about Howl's Moving Castle? Who made that? Oh my God, you are such an old woman sometimes. Yes, that is my claim to fame Howl's Moving Castle. That's literally the only one I've seen. You haven't seen Totoro? No. That's why I said Totoro is running like the thing because clearly I don't know what's what. You're just so white. I I am that, yep. It's it's Miyazaki again, Howl's Moving Castle. Now, I haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle. It's like one of the ones I haven't seen, actually. Matt, did I see Spirited Away or do I just think I've seen it? I'm pretty sure you saw Spirited Away because we had to watch that in school. I know we're in different grades, but I... It kind of, I know it was around more than my year. What school? What's, what, uh, what class? I saw it originally in French class. Oh, and we did have the same French teacher. We did. And sh- that teacher really loved Spirited Away. Uh, also, it was like a, it's like a big, I mean, it, that's the, the Ghibli movie, right? That's the one where people are like, oh, yeah, it's like the most popular one. But if you haven't seen them, I would honestly recommend almost all of them. I think. They are a studio that has like an incredible hit rate with their movies. There's only like a, a two that I would say don't don't watch it, and they're the ones directed by Miyazaki's son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but enough about Studio Ghibli. I'm I love Princess Mononoke, and it, it pains me that The Wind Will Carry Us is out because I do think it is better than other movies that are through already. Yeah, definitely better than some movies that have made it further. But yeah. Um, that's the, but anyway, that's the challenge we've done to ourselves. That's the challenge and the way people reviewed them when they came out. Yep. Because if they weren't one of the number one picks, they were aggregated by review score. So blame the people who wrote the reviews and when these movies came out. They're the real villains, not me or Carolyn. <laughs> I mean, The Wind Will Carry Us was a fourth seed on our um, list, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, but I would... I, I would say it's better than Toy Story 2, hey, which was a three mind. seed. Okay, sorry, I take it back. I I, I know that, that pick hurt you. <laughs> Kids' movies always get higher ratings. Oh, okay. It was It's better than freaking 
American Beauty, okay? Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's a better film than The Matrix, even though I picked The Matrix number one. So, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm being giving and caring. Uh, but anyway, the next four movies, the, the other four, the, the only other four were left in this little side of the bracket is The Limey, the Steven Soderbergh firm, film. And it's against Magnolia, the PTA film, which is 13 hours long mm-hmm. and has lots of Tom Cruise thrusting in underwear. So, Love it. A weird mask. Ooh, and, oh, no, that's Eyes Wide and Shut. That's, I, <laughs> we're getting there. And then the other two are Eyes Wide Shut's uh, Stanley Kubrick's last film, also about Tom Cruise, but this time he cannot thrust in his underwear. Mm-hmm. He's an impotent man. And uh, a straight, The Straight Story, a movie I don't want to watch again. Because it was but sad. Because it was so sad. It was so sad. A David Lynch movie. Um, but those are the next four. Uh, they will. That I don't know when that will come out because Carolyn and I again have not talked about this before we recorded. I don't know if Carolyn has another vacation. I don't next week. As planned so far. I don't next week, but my parents are in town the weekend after. Well, that's because you're turning 37. Okay, Ugh, it's, a no. de- it's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> no, they're trying to get out of the province before it gets shut down. Yeah, uh, people, please don't come to Alberta. It's a it's a literal hellhole here. Um, I think for us, it's more Albertans. Please stay where you are. True. All all I'll say is at the end, and then you know we'll end this podcast. Is that uh, maybe Alberta's Minister of Justice? Uh, after uh, we're recording this on the day that the Canadian women won gold in the Olympics and officially became the best soccer team in North America mm-hmm. because that's how that worked. And he decided to, you know, got a tweet about it. And he said that some congratulations. And then he was like, I, we're very proud of our girls. And it was like, my guy, you just how can't about help yourself. This team of women who represent our country. They're not yours. Nope. And they're not girls. <laughs> they're not girls. And they're not yours. Why did you put the possessive in front of it? Uh, but yeah. So if you want to see those hot retweets, you can find me at James Willicks with the O is a zero. And you can find Carolyn at. Carolyn Dunk 93. And I'll be posting not hot retweets, but just hot photos of the soccer team. <laughs> My I mean, of, of any of your girls specifically. <laughs> Of any Olympian because they're all incredibly hot. That's true. The real shame of twenty twenty of the pandemic is that the Olympians have not been able to fuck as much as they normally would like to. That's true. I heard the Olympic Village is like a bit of a cesspool. Uh, it is normally, but it once their event is over, they have to leave. They leave the next morning of mm-hmm. once their event's over, so they get like one night of partying, but they can't leave the village. So they only get to, and I don't think there's much alcohol served within the village. Probably um, not. And their be- and their beds are made of cardboard. <laughs> Which is doesn't prevent them from fucking. It's just it's a good thing. It's it's better for the environment, but you're still sleeping on a cardboard bed. Yeah. With a little door mattress. <laughs> wait, all wait. On that note, you have a cardboard bed now? You are fully embracing the tiny home life? Ugh, hush your mouth. I live in Toronto. Oh. I moved here and embraced the tiny tiny home life. No, that's a tiny room life. That's not a tiny home. Please. We know you're living in a uh, 400 square foot two bedroom apartment. Yeah. Four bedroom, actually. Four, four, four bedrooms. 100 square feet per person. <laughs> and uh, you have one toilet in between all of them. 
No, we have a squatty potty in the middle of the room. Or is it a building where you have communal toilets? <laughs> Just go off the balcony. It's fine. <laughs> Ew. 